What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and today's guest is actually a friend of mine. So I have Melissa Matrano on the pod today, and I'm just so... So, so, so excited to have Melissa on. She has been someone in my life who I feel like not only, you know, was a friend, but then I followed on social media who really is just a kind human being and who really shares her life on social media in one of the most I feel authentic ways. Like she's not someone who put on puts on airs, right? She just shows up as she is and says, basically, if you'd like to follow along, great. If not, that's great too. And I wish you well. And so, you know, I guess that really, really does work for her because Melissa has amassed a following that consists of a million subscribers on YouTube. Seven over seven million subscribers or followers on TikTok, and you know, close to half a million on Instagram. She also has a blog, but we're talking about almost 10 million people who are tuning in and following along. So I have kind of the unique perspective of knowing Melissa before, you know, at the very beginning of when she was building all of this. So she's reinvented herself many times, and I find that to be so inspiring. And that's what this podcast is about, right? We learned about so many different people and their stories and their backgrounds and what kind of has made them who they are and how they got to where they are today. So, you know, for, you know, this episode is a little bit different in terms of learning about an influencer and learning about the behind the scenes of the life of an influencer. And so maybe that's not really a topic that we've touched on so much in this podcast. You know, we talk about, you know, to Navy SEALs and we talk, you know, to doctors and we talk about mindset. And we talk about you know all of these things all of the time, um, but it's such an interesting perspective, you know, just to really understand how she got to where she is today. And I can tell you without a shadow of doubt, just from personal experience, the underlying thing that has gotten her to this you know, huge amount of success in her life has been, from my perspective anyway, kindness. Uh, And that's something that just kind of is interwoven into who she is and in her DNA as a person and a human being. Uh, And so I think if there were anyone out there who has a giant following that I would want to talk to, that I would want to hear about their perspective on how they did it and and where they how they got to where they are and how they connect with their community, it would be Melissa because, like I said, kindness is the theme and who doesn't love and who doesn't need a little more kindness in their lives. So with that being said, I'm I'm just really honored and excited to 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 catch up with Melissa and to talk about all of her followers and like I said, how she got to where she is. So let's dive all the way in. Here we go. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. Today, I have a dear friend on, Melissa Matrano, and I am so pumped to have you on. I mean, it's been a long time since we've actually like chatted like in person, which this is virtual, but you know what I mean, uh, to catch up. So it's going to be like a super just, it's going to be awesome to have you on today. I'm so happy to be here. And I agree. And that's what I love about social media is I feel like I've been able to kind of keep up and feel like it doesn't feel so long, but... I miss hanging out and seeing you in person. Yes. Okay. So as I mentioned in the intro, Melissa, or Melissa, as I knew you, you know, forever ago, uh, has amassed quite the social media following on several different platforms. Um, so I guess I want to rewind back to kind of the beginning, if you will. So, you know, I remember, you know, going to lunch and hanging out. We were both living in LA at the time and you had started your Instagram page and I think your blog as well. Um, and it was, you were at Melissa Fit. And that's kind of where it all started, where it all began. And at that point in your kind of social media career, you were yoga and a little bit of lifestyle, you know, sprinkled in, but it was mostly just fitness and wellness. And you've kind of evolved over time. So I guess I'll begin by asking, you know, was it always the plan or did you just jump on social media and say, you know, let's try this out when Instagram, when you jumped on Instagram? Yeah. So I think... And like you said, going back when I started on the internet, you know, sharing my life, I think Instagram launched in like 2012, but it was like 2014, 2015. I was super into fitness. I was teaching fitness exercise classes. And so I used Instagram as a way to share the classes I was teaching, which I'm sure you can relate to. Um, and at the time I was teaching pure bar. And so I kind of like, I didn't live in LA. I didn't live in New York. I didn't understand that there was a business building behind influencers, but I sort of saw the market to reach other people at different pure bars. So I spent hours going to different pure bar studio pages and connecting with people and liking their content. And I started to build a community around my Instagram page. And I thought, well, I could, you know, just like infiltrate the pure bar community. And it was so fun because I was so passionate about it. And then mm -hmm. it evolved into yoga. And like you said, blog. At the time, everyone had a blog. And so that was my home base. And I wrote articles and blog posts and just shared more about my passion for health and wellness. And it evolved into yoga um, and bar. But I realized that it's good to be niche. And sometimes if you're too niche, though, you, you know, there's only so much of, of a group of people that you can hit. So I really found a lot of comfort and passion in the yoga community at the time that was on Instagram. It was such a special place. And so, yeah, so to answer your question, it kind of started because of my love of, of health and wellness and yoga and fitness. And um, I guess to jump forward a little, I realized that, you know, people were kind of coming for the health and wellness. And once stories launched, I could share a little bit more of myself and my life. And people would write to me, you know, I love your yoga tips or your fitness workouts, but I stayed because I love seeing your dog Brady on stories. So it made me realize like maybe I should open up more and share more of my personal life as well. Yeah. And you've done that. I feel like you kind of turned that corner and you really, it seems like in so many ways, like you really never turned back, um, in sharing just like your, your personal life or bits and pieces of, you know, your relationship with your husband and your daughter, Izzy, and just like everything that you guys go through on a day to day basis. Is there ever a point where you, 
overthink it? Is there ever a point where you think about like, should I post this? Should I not post this? Or have you always just kind of listened to your gut and just posted whatever you want? Well, that's such a great question. I feel like depending on on the stage of life, that's definitely been different. Um, I think, you know, I do say and want to encourage if I could say some or feel something across all stages of social media, I feel like the times it's been the most scary and I've had a little shaky in my hand when I'm hitting post, those have always been kind of almost career game changers for me. Um, For example, I was really just sharing yoga poses and photos of myself um, when I first, first started. And I saw this kind of gap as I got my yoga teacher training. I saw this gap in between what I learned as a yoga teacher, as a yoga teacher versus what people knew who were just taking yoga classes. And I was somewhere in the middle. I'm not an expert by any means. And I'm, I'm a consumer. I love yoga. I love to take classes. So I did a yoga tip. And I remember um, texting my now husband, I said, do you think I should post this? Like, I'm so nervous. What if people think it's weird or this or that? And I hit share and it was the first time I actually went viral on my Melisfit page. And that parlayed into so many things. And so to answer your question, I think back then I, I overthought a lot because I think on Instagram, it's really easy to care what people think about you because there is this personal element to it. And then when TikTok came into the picture, it was almost, I didn't tell anyone on my Instagram, I was on TikTok, even like, yeah, like I didn't promote it or share about it at all because this was back in 2019. People weren't really used, like people I knew weren't really using it yet. So I felt like this was my free space to just share any type of content I wanted. And it made me realize, number one, that you shouldn't care what people think because if someone is one step away from unfollowing you or not being your friend in person, like those aren't people you want around anyway. You want people who are just going to support you because you have to put it out there. But yeah, so I think there's it's such a multifaceted question, but that journey has evolved over the years. And now I post what makes me happy. And there are times where sometimes... I think now if I'm overthinking it too much, I just don't post it because I don't want to deal with the stress or anxiety of of how something makes me feel. I just want to put something out there that makes me feel good. Right. And I think I think it's the authenticity that really for me what I just feel like on the outside that kind of draws people I think into your content and what you post because to me, like it really does feel like it, it isn't think, something you overthink all the time. Like you share these like little moments, you know, like you're putting your daughter's hair into a ponytail or, and you're not even necessarily like teaching anything or, sh- you know, showing anyone how to do something, but you're just sharing the moments, you know? And it just seems like people just really gravitate, I think, towards the authenticity that you you kind of put behind it. Cause it doesn't feel to me like you're putting something out there because you're like, look at me, look at me. It's more so like, this is my life and you can see it and tune in if you'd like. And if you don't, like that's okay too. Oh, well, thank you. And I think when I think of my brand now, and it means so much that you said that because um I realized I'm not like there's so many amazing I I use fitness because that's the space I was in. There's so many amazing fitness experts out there or health and wellness. And I really never set out to be an expert. I love to storytell. And so what I'm really passionate about is taking these really 
you know, everyday moments that mean, they mean so much to me. And I love to like, you know, just put up the phone record. And then I love to edit, like editing is so fun to me and, you know, splicing the content together. So I always say, I just, I like to make, you know, something special out of those ordinary moments that in like in, in my own life, like romanticize it a little bit and have fun and kind of share that, that spark with the world and hope that people love it. And, um, if it resonates with them, great. If it, makes their day a little brighter. Great. And if it's not for them, that's, that's okay too. Like I have to just share what's authentic to me. Yeah. So I, I guess I want to, I guess it's skipping ahead now from reinventing yourself from the yoga space, but not even reinventing yourself. I feel like you just kind of kept following your intuition and you kept going wherever it led you and whatever, like you said, felt good to you. And so now at this point, you know, you, I just saw you celebrated hitting 1 million subscribers on YouTube. Congratulations, by the way. Um, and then you have over 7 million followers on TikTok. Um, and not to mention the incredible Instagram following that you've been building for many, many years. But, you know, you said you got what drew you to TikTok in the first place back in 2019 when you said, you know, there really weren't that many people there and you started creating. Did you see a lot of success right away? Because you said you kind of kept it to yourself for a while. Um, or did it take a little time to build? And if it did, what kept you going? Why did like you must have yeah. known at the time, like there must have been something in you that kind of drew you to this platform, even though there weren't that many creators there yet. Yeah. And and of course, when I say like many creators, that was just like from my point of view. I think there were like people already seeing a lot of success there. But I, I guess like from my from my perspective as a I'm gonna be 34 this year, I felt like when I talked to a lot of my followers or my friends, a lot of people weren't using it. But to to go back to your question, so Actually, my sister, who's also um, an amazing influencer, she was on TikTok and we were all in LA on vacation and her and her girlfriend were both on and they're like, you've got to get on TikTok. You know, everyone's going viral. It's so fun. There's so much visibility. And I was like everyone else. I'm like, I am just like, this isn't for me. I'm such an Instagram girl. And, you know, that was how I felt. So flash forward, uh, or fast forward, flash forward, fast forward. My sister put me in contact with someone at TikTok and they helped me get she set already, up. did she already have a big following your sister at the time? She was well, on Instagram. Yes. But she was like, um, because they, TikTok had been reaching out to influencers and like introducing the platform. So she Got had it. gotten okay. on, um, she had a contact there that was working with creators and okay. she connected us and they, um, you know, they, they kind of like did an intro call and told me, you know, like, oh, this is how the app works, this and that. But I was so confused. And so I got on the app. They helped me transition on, or, you know, they told me how to use it, but not, I didn't understand it. So I kept posting to the app. Um, I was trying out different videos and I was not seeing the virality that everyone was talking about. My videos were getting like, you know, 10 views, 20 views. And so I took them all down and I said, this, this isn't for for me, I don't understand it. Then I was listening to a podcast. I love listening to podcasts. And someone was talking about how they just kept trying different videos on there and trying to see what worked So it, and how much they were seeing out of it. So I went back on the app. And what I learned is I, I needed to, to start scrolling. So I started scrolling on the For You page for hours, just like um, trying to figure out. And all of a sudden I saw an audio that really spoke to me. Like it was the same audio over and over and it was a trend. So 
I had the idea. I said, let me try this trend, but I was pregnant at the time. I'm, I'm like, let me try this trend related to pregnancy. So I put my own spin on it. And all of a sudden it was like, I refreshed it. It was like 90,000 views, 200,000 yeah. views. It, it was so crazy because Reels wasn't around at the time. So to see that kind of, I hadn't seen that kind of pickup or virality since the Explorer page was really popular. So I said, okay, I'm going to try some trends and I'm going to put my own, I'm going to like do it with pregnancy. Cause I was pretty, I was like seven or eight months pregnant at the time. So that's how I got started. And I really loved like just playing around with trends and figuring out short form video. But then I really started to grow and found my groove when I got into original content. For me, that's what worked best. So I don't really do as many trends anymore, but I found my right, groove. a lot of voiceover. Yeah. Like, um, just like, you know, like storytelling. I realize I love, uh, the storytelling or, you know, just about anything, whether it's home stuff, mom life, DIYs, really anything. I just love to edit the videos, do the voiceover, but, um, the trends is what really got me comfortable on the app. Right. And then you had the courage and the confidence to kind of go off on your own and like try different things and see what really felt good to you and what spoke to your audience, I guess. Yeah. And I just think too, for anyone who wants to create content, you have to enjoy it. And like, like to post, like my goal is to always post once a day on TikTok. I think maybe back then I was posting more than once a day, but to get up and post every day, you have to love what you're doing. So if you're like after a while, after three, four or five months, you're going to lose steam if you're just not excited or passionate about what you're creating. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that. I mean, I was like, try, I keep trying the TikTok thing. And then I'm like, I do it for like a little bit. And I'm like, oh, it's like, oh, it feels like a lot of work. And it's like, I don't know if it's for me. And I have those feelings. And then I'm like, okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Let me try again. And I just like kind of go back and forth with it. And it's just like, it feels stressful. It doesn't feel like it's fun right now anyway. Yeah. And and I think a few ways to make it more fun or to figure it out is I like the first, like I said before, spending time on the For You page because TikTok, of course, if you're getting inspiration, you always want to like tag whoever and like, you know, who you, if it's a specific type of video. But I find that when you scroll the For You page, you can kind of get a pulse as to what's going on. And then all of a sudden, sudden something will hit you and you'll say, wow, I want to try this in my own way. Like maybe it could be a, a video about making a sandwich, but you're like, oh, I like this style and I want to do this style in terms of talking about fitness. So I think that's like right. understanding and being a consumer of, of the app you're posting to is always number one. But what I found too is video content is so easy and it doesn't have to be perfect. And with TikTok, you don't have to have like the right hashtags or the right cover photo. It's like you right. sometimes a video that I took in two seconds on my iPhone, I'll just upload it. And so I always say, just upload the, what's easy for you. And then you'll, if you have 30 days of data, you can see what's working. And when one thing works on TikTok, I always tell people, you just want to keep doing that over and over and over and over again, the app and the, the consumer on there, the person watching, they love repetition and to like, Need to be super niche, and then you can add in more pillars. I always say I have like well, three that, pillars. Yeah, what do you, you have? Mom content, you have home content, you have husband prank <laughs> content. Did I get it right? 
Yeah, sort sort of. I mean, definitely. Yeah, I think like it's like more of a like a type of video, so it changes. So I like within oh, I a given, like within a given three month span, I have sort of like my three pillars. So like my couch staining series, that was one of my pillars, and um, Izzy's paintings, that was another pillar. So it's like actually more specific than that. And then and after yeah, and tie dye, and after things kind of cycle out, you like last year I had my pool series and my secret Mm -hmm. room in my house. So I think having your pillar videos that you're like, that's like what I'm, that helps me build out my schedule and then adding in new things and sharing what else is going on to, you know, see what people want to see and what they're enjoying. Yeah, that makes sense. The the issue, I mean, I feel like I'm going to speak from personal experience, but just in case anyone out there is listening, who's kind of has the same kind of question or I don't know. So the thing for me is like, I try different things and then something that will pop is something that I don't like a Zara haul that I did like went viral. Right. And I'm like, but I don't want to be the Zara haul girl. Like, I don't want to continue to do the, you know, shopping clothing things. Cause that doesn't actually bring me joy. It was just something on the spur of the moment that I did that day, you know? So I think that's where I struggle with it. And maybe other people out there do, but it's just, I guess, figuring it out. Yeah. And I guess like I would, I feel like that quote from Zoolander, ask your question with, answer your question with a question. But it's like, my question to that would be, or the way I would look at that deeper is instead of saying, I don't want to necessarily be the Zara girl, but it's like, can you pick apart what was the, what was in that video that you think worked? Cause maybe it was the Zara clothes, but maybe it was the intro. Maybe it was how you listed out what you were showing and how can you take that format and incorporate it into something you do want to talk about? So I always try to, cause yes, of course, like if you don't want to do it, don't do it, but maybe it was the hook or the music or something. So what, what can you maybe take away from that and apply it somewhere else? That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Do you ever deal with any kind of trolls on the internet? Um, does social media, even if it's not from the troll standpoint, but you know, do you ever feel kind of exhausted from all of the constant people reaching out on every platform and, you know, not wanting a piece of you, but I think you also inspire a lot of people. And so, you know, people asking questions and, or sometimes not being nice. And how do you deal with all of that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely put those like into two separate, (laughs) two separate thought or categories because, um, the people who love and support me and are a part of my community, that's like one thing. And then the trolls definitely come the mean comments. Um, I see that more. It's, it's a double-edged sword with what I do because I, I specialize in short form content and I'm on, you know, the apps where you do get that, you can get virality. So I noticed that comes way more when a video goes viral. And so it's a good thing and a bad thing because like, you know, if someone, if someone's picking apart something and analyzing and taking time to write on your video, it's getting you more view time. It's getting you more watch time. So, so on, on TikTok and YouTube, it doesn't really bother me. Um, unless someone is specifically being, you know, threatening or like that's never really happened. Um, but usually it's just, you know, someone having an opinion about, you know, what I'm doing with Izzy or I'm mean to my husband if I pranked him, you know, like, and I say if someone's being very mean, like hurt people, hurt people. And so I always try to 
if, first of all, I don't engage at all, but if I was, and if I have in the past, I do it with a lot of love and kindness because I think, and most of the time, if you answer those people really nice, they say, oh my goodness, I didn't think you were going to respond. Like, I love you. And so I think sometimes people are just looking for attention. So I try not to engage at all or I love Instagram. A lot of people don't know about the restricted feature. And so I don't like to block people because I think that can upset people more. So if you restrict someone, you only you see their comment and it goes somewhere else and you have to look for it. So I restrict a lot of people who leave rude comments so that they don't even know they've bothered me enough that I've blocked them. Um, but yeah, I, I try. Oh, wow. I didn't know that feature existed because <laughs> there's... A couple, yeah, there's been people that I've hit block on and then I feel like, I feel a sense of guilt. Like they're going to know and they're going <laughs> to, I don't know, be mad or upset or, you know, it, it's weird, but um, I didn't know that yeah. existed. So yeah, there's so many great tools on TikTok and Instagram. You can filter keywords. So I had a post once and I felt like people were really picking apart one thing and I put a keyword on. So if someone typed a certain word, it would go into this like little place that I have to click to approve comments. And sometimes that can give some peace of mind, especially if it's, you know, it's something that's like, you know, bothering you. But yeah, I mean, overall, if I don't like a comment and I'll restrict them, I'll block them. I don't care anymore because I just think that that's unfortunate for them that they have to do that. But in terms of what your other question, um, you know, people reaching out and, uh, you know, I think your question was about how do I answer that? Does it, it exhaust me? Did you ask something to that effect or with people yeah, reaching out? Does keeping up with all of the different platforms feel exhausting? Because it's like every platform has its own mes- message center and every platform has its own form of people commenting back and forth. And it's just, it has to feel like a lot. And how do you compartmentalize your personal life and not connecting with people on social media at all times and being available? Yeah. I mean, that is such a great question. And I think for me, it's been super important to learn to set boundaries over the years. I think one thing, so I try to streamline, of course. So I always kind of figure from a content standpoint, my main hub is TikTok. That's where everything gets posted first per se. And then I I share it to Reels or my in-feed and I share it to YouTube Shorts. So I've tried to make that process because I do notice there isn't a ton of crossover. Um, so I try to streamline that process. So usually that's like that, that area. And then I try to like always stay on for the first hour or two and answer comments because I love chatting with people and getting their feedback. And then I'll like go back and check back and answer more comments. Um, but in terms of messages, I think something that was really a big shift for me that I haven't not like anyone really cares, but something I don't share openly about is that I stopped posting a lot to stories. I felt that it was taking a lot of my time and energy and I wasn't, if anything, I just felt like, like going back to the negative, I was just getting more like negative messages about, Mm. of course, positive too, like with more questions, but I was getting some negative, you know, like people giving opinions about things I wasn't asking them about. And you could easily turn off the for people to respond to you. But I didn't want to do that. I like to keep conversation open. But I thought, okay, well, this is on me because if I don't want people commenting or giving their opinions about things, then just don't share it. So I felt stories was 
kind of like draining me uh, mentally. So now I have a really good flow with stories and I share really fun things, but I just don't center my whole day around it because it was really taking me away from time, you know, like time for my work, time I wanted to spend with my family. So I think that was really helpful for me. Yeah. I mean, finding what works. Yes. Yes. But I love, I love stories and it's such a great way to really connect and get people's, I love people's like doing polls and getting, when I ask, when I, when people give feedback, it's so great. But I think sometimes sharing so much of your day to day to day, it just, it can be really draining on someone, on, on someone like me, just cause I need to recharge and be ready to I, engage in comments or answer messages when people have questions. I want to be on for that. Right. And you are, I feel like, I mean, gosh, it's been how many years since I've seen you. And over, over the years, I feel like anytime I've like go to send you a DM, I'm like, gosh, you probably won't even see it. And you always respond. Like, I don't think you've never not responded. And I have like, not even a quarter, like I have like a, I don't even know, like the smallest corner of the internet, I feel like. And, uh, I am not as good at responding as you are. And it's like, man, I'm always like, she is so on it. And I'm like, how do you keep your mental health? Like, you know, in check. And it sounds like you've got that figured out. (laughs) Well, I also, and I will say too, like, um, like, and I don't know how everyone else's schedule works, but this is like, for me, my, like being a content creator is my full nine nine to whatever job you want to say, like the, the cute, the traditional saying is nine to five. But so for me, it's definitely my my career, my job. And so during those hours, I try to really schedule out different things and, um, you know, try to take that time when Harry gets home from work, unless I really have a deadline or something I need to do, I'll do it after Izzy goes to bed. But I try to, you know, keep some, some hours just because spending time off my phone is really important to me. Um, and also a really good tip, uh, is I, categorize my inbox. And so if I know someone personally, I actually put them to the general tab. And so that way, if like, if you reach out, um, you know, like maybe instead of texting me, like I would be able to see your message right away. So I try to be organized in case like a friend needs me for something. I want to be available for like people who know me personally as well, not just people I message on through social media. Oh, so you put people you message that you haven't met in the primary category. And then you put, is it primary general, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, um, primary, everyone's inbox is set up differently. Um, so that way, if I go to the general tab, that's like where Harry is or my sister or my, my friend, like my best friend, Jenny from, you know, like people I like know or would text with, sometimes they send me a message instead. And, I used to like miss everything because it was all in one area. So now I'm like, oh, I have all these primary requests that I need to, you know, people asking, oh, what what color is your hardwood floor? Or what was that sleep sack Izzy's in? I can like set aside time for that. And then if like someone needs me throughout the day, who's like more on my personal side, I can connect with them. Oh, that's a good idea. I feel like I should, uh, mine is so messed up now at this point. I feel like <laughs> I don't even know if I can go back and like put everybody over and like do it. But I, I don't know. It, I think it would bring me a lot of sanity if I yeah. could figure out how to do that. Just because do it as it comes. Like, like yeah. we hadn't spoken and like, I, I, we definitely talked in comments, but we hadn't talked over DM in a bit. And when you had messaged me, I just like, you just slide it and I hit general and that way, cause it was about the podcast. Yeah. I said, Oh, well, if in case she's messaging me here, I don't want to miss like, 
I want it to be on yep. top of that. So you don't right. feel like you have to do anything like right now. Just do it as you go. Yeah. I think it would just help a lot. <laughs> yeah. I used to flag people like you could instead of um, flag, but then I would, and then I would hit and filter by flag, but then I would, it, it was too hard. So I totally get yeah. that. I agree. That is too hard. I tried that too and it didn't work for me. And then I would like, I would still lose people in the flags. So yeah. it, it didn't work. Um, so what, what does your husband think of all the pranks that you pull on him all the time? What does Harry think? Harry is such a good sport. I mean, my only like, you know, in quotes regret is that like, I wish we could film together more. He, you know, we definitely talked a lot about more couples content, but, um, he actually works with my dad. So he's out of the house most of the day, but it is a lot of fun for me because he's really not on TikTok and he's not on Instagram a lot. So he doesn't know a lot of these pranks. And so it will give me time to plan and plot. Um, but he thinks it's great. He, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Harry's dad was an, um, an actor. And so Harry loves like the entertainment industry. He loves to be on camera. So he doesn't, like get mad if I've been filming him and he didn't know, like he's said, he loves to be on camera and he thinks it's really great. And I, I feel like in my head, I know what would make him really mad and that I would never do. And then something that's just right. kind of silly that is like, everyone will laugh. I don't feel like I ever take it too far. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any fear at all about leaving LA and moving to Florida when you did? Because, you know, I feel like we both, you know, live, used to live in LA and that's where like we became friends. And it's like, there was this pressure. I'm, I'm curious how you feel about it. I feel like at the time it felt like maybe it was just because we're the same age too. Uh, it was just like when we were younger, I don't know. I felt this pressure, like I need to be in the epicenter of like all the things that are happening and that's LA and I should be here and do this. And then like, I don't know, moving and leaving LA, I feel like gave me so much more power, but it was a little bit scary to leave. And I'm just curious kind of what your feelings were around that. Yeah. And I, I miss LA for sure. I, I did for me. And I feel like everyone's, even though we're all in the same industry, everyone's business is so different. And I had mm -hmm. gotten to a point in LA where I really wasn't um, going to the events anymore. And I had stopped all like you know, I was doing a lot of in-person modeling, whether it was fit modeling or working with uh, fitness and yoga brands. And I got super clear on just for me, I just was creating lots of content at home. So when it came up for us to possibly move back to Florida, I left the decision up to Harry. I said, you know, I can, I like, I'm just home creating content. So whether I'm here in LA, which I love, I can see my friends here and go hiking and go to earth cafe and do all the things I love. But right. I wasn't really doing those things anymore because I, I just like sit in my house and create all day. Cause I, that's my, you know, it's my job to be editing. There's so much that goes into the back end. So for me, I actually felt like it, I don't want to say helped my career, but for what I wanted to do at the time, it took out a lot of distractions for me. And mm -hmm. so all I could do was just, if I wanted to continue to grow my business was create, create, create. Um, so, but I think definitely now that things have opened up again, it's, it's tough to see all these fun events and you're, you think, well, what if I was there? But I know I'm where I'm meant to be, but LA is such an amazing place and it is where it's all happening. But I think you just have to make the best of wherever you are. And for me, that's my content's now just focused around 
being home and with my family. And I think that's where I'm meant to be right now. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, I don't know. It, I feel like things kind of just took off really. Um, just kind of following your, your gut and creating a family and, you know, wherever you are, I feel like you're going to be successful, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, um, it's, of course. It's, it's been so great to, and it's great to be back in Florida too, because my parents are here, my sister's here. And so for us, it just like, it makes sense. And yeah, I think, I think the great thing is, is you can always travel and get on a plane, but, um, you know, there is a community everywhere. I'm not too far from Miami and there's a lot going on there. So in New York, but I know, I know like definitely leaving LA was a tough decision. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I hate this question usually, Typically, the next question I'm going to ask you, I typically hate, but I feel like it's a, I don't know, it's a fun one to ask you. Just given all of, you know, like I said, the the ma- a mass massive following that you've created on so many different platforms, do you have like a vision, like a five-year plan? Do you have something that kind of like you're working towards, maybe like a physical product or something in the future that you envision, you know, kind of creating or building? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, there's so many, you know, like conversations that have been had, um, you know, about different things and where I'm going from here. I think for me, and and I have a, I like, I like this question a lot, but I think for me, I, I want to be really focused on the present. I think we're in a really unique time where the apps are really demanding a lot of content and there's a huge reach with short form video. So I think while that's in the back of my mind, I'm a monotasker. Like I used to try to do everything and think about everything and this, that. And for me, it didn't work. And so right now I'm hyper-focused on, you know, creating more series for my different channels. You know, I'm work, I've been working, getting more on Snapchat too, which has been a lot of fun and sort of building out the video content and working with brands and taking advantage of all of that. And I think I'm going to see where things lie in the next few years um, and, and, you know, try to add something else in. But I just think the opportunity right now is so special for growth and to reach people and build community. So I'm just enjoying the short form video. But, um, the you know, there's so many things you could do. I did do physical product in the past. And I think something I learned about me, and it's good to know yourself, is I like I love to entertain. And I love to create content. I kind of learned that I don't love selling, um, which some people on Instagram are so amazing. And so I don't know if I always want to be using my platform to sell something. I mm-hmm. think I'd more like to continue to reach people and entertain them, whether that's through a book or a podcast or video content. Um, I think that's just more my more what like makes sense for me. Right. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So last question I'll ask you is what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Hmm. (laughs) I think, so I am a worrier and I'm a perfectionist. Like I, I worry and everything has to be perfect. And I think if I could give advice to my younger self, because I don't think I would do anything different. I would just try to tell myself, like, try not to worry or, you know, create an ending that hasn't happened yet. You know, use all of that energy towards something much better than sitting around and worrying. And I think, you know, with like, you know, everything that's happened over the past few years, just 
it's so hard not to have anxiety or feel anxious about the future. Mm -hmm. And so I think I would just tell myself to be present and live in the moment more because you're going to look back all of a sudden and you're, you know, not going to be in your early twenties. You're going to be in your mid thirties and every stage is so beautiful. But I think just, you know, making sure you enjoy the stages of your life and try not to worry so much about the future. I probably said the same thing a few times, but yeah, I think I like, and and I want to tell myself now that, you know, like these years go by so fast and, you know, just take it day by day, take a deep breath, take time to be with loved ones. Um, and, you know, take care of your mental health, your physical health, like all those things are so important. I think sometimes we just put our head down and pile through the day to day and just, romanticizing your life a little more because it's going to fly by. I think that's great advice. (laughs) All right, babe. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was so awesome to catch up with you and to hear about all that you've got going on. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and hopefully we'll get to catch up again soon. All right, you guys, that is a wrap on today's episode. I think the thing that I pull from this episode the most, what I take from it and what I feel most inspired by, if you will, is having passion for what you're doing. Having passion for what you're doing. And we talk about this a lot on all of the previous episodes of this podcast, but finding what you care about, finding what lights your fire, finding what makes you tick, finding those things that you like to talk about, and then just sharing that. Because that kind of authenticity, when you're living your life in purpose and on purpose, it shines through in all that you do. And so I think that Melissa is a great example of that. And I think you know, to go a little bit deeper on that subject, I think society kind of makes us feel in a lot of ways like there's, I don't want to say one one right way to live your life, but you know, there you can make a living and you can wake up every single day and create a life that you love by sharing the things that you love. And it doesn't need to be what everyone else thinks is cool or acceptable uh, by society standards, right? So let's just like rewind, right? If Melissa, maybe 15 years ago, was like, I'm going to make a living creating videos about my life and my family and my daughter and my husband, you know, people would be like, yeah, good luck. Like, that's not going to happen. You're not going to make a living doing that. You're not going to, you know, feel fulfilled doing that, you know? And so I think a lot of times it's like, you know, Maybe if you were to just sit down with yourself and write about the things that you love and the things that light you up and the things that you feel passionate about, you know, it is possible to make a career out of anything that brings you joy in this life. And so I think what's cool about Melissa is that she just had the courage to lean into her passions and to lean into the things that make her happy, right? And then also to, like I talked about in the episode, to follow your gut and follow your instinct, right? It's like, we can evolve. Just because you find something that works in your life doesn't mean that that has to be the thing that you do forever and ever and ever and always, right? She found a lot of success in the yoga world and in the yoga community and Pilates community, right? Pure Bar. And she wasn't afraid to say like, this is working, but that doesn't mean that it has to be all that I am forever and ever and always, you know? So we can expand upon the things that we feel passionately about. And 
as long as you're providing value and you feel good about it, then the success a lot of times can follow from there. So it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the magic equation that is not so secret, which is allowing passion and output, passion and hard work. It's that crossword, crossroad when you find passion and hard work meeting in the middle. That's where you can make a living. That's where you can do live a life that you feel fulfilled by. Um, I think that's the magic magic potion. That's the magic spell. That's the magic secret sauce, the uh, the recipe, if you will, uh, for living a life that feels full and happy. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Melissa uh, and getting to know how she got to where she is. And yeah, that will be a wrap for today. And I will see you guys next time. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. We have a very exciting episode. It is our one year one year anniversary of the Very Best Self podcast. So, so much to content uh, that we've created in the last year. And I think, or at least I hope that if you listen to these episodes, you feel more inspired to lean into your very best self. I will leave you with that. Follow us on Instagram at Very Best Self. Make sure you give me a follow at Victoria Brown. We like five stars. We love a subscribe button uh, and a review if you have the time. So I'll see you guys next week and thanks so much. 